Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. Yeah, I tried to call in sick, but Pastor Gary said no. Shut <laughs> up there and do it. It's crazy. It's been so long. I'm actually nervous. Welcome to People's Church. I'm Vernon. Um, I wanted to do something that I usually do anyway, but I don't really haven't really formatted this so much like a sermon. Um, today I want to enter another episode in the Chronicles of Vern. As uh, you know, think about that song. I'm sorry, I got a little. You know, the power and majesty. You know, power and majesty of God. I'm getting a little uh, intense lately. Uh, lots going on in our lives. A lot of changes in the last couple of years, and uh, it really got me to thinking about a lot of different things. You know, the way we react, respond um, to dynamic changes in our lives as we grow older, as we grow up, you know, as we get a little more mature, I started realizing maybe I don't want to live in the mediocrity of the Christianity that I think I know. Maybe I can live in the power and majesty of the Christianity that God will inform us of as we get closer to him. You guys got your word today? Sometimes on Sunday mornings we watch uh, Charles Stanley on YouTube, and, and I just noticed, you know, there's, they're in Atlanta, it's a big church, and, uh, but everybody's got their Bibles and a pen, and a highlighter, and I mean, it's just everybody. I was thinking, wow, that just so reminds me of yesteryear, I always say. I know we got different devices, but it just kind of, I realized that hearkened to me, you know, to, that this word um, is important. It's very important. Because uh, what I'm getting at is through the changes um, that's been going on over the past few years, I'm finding that I'm at the end of my rope. What's at the end of your rope? That's the title of my sermon today. What's at the end of my rope? And I may ramble a little bit. Um, I always worry about coherence when I talk, but God will work it out. If not from my mouth, at least between your ears. Um, so I'm going to read you something. It says, uh, then Joe broke the silence. He spoke up and cursed his fate. Obliterate the day I was born. Blank out the night I was conceived. Let it be a black hole in space. May God above forget it ever happened. Erase it from the books. May the day of my birth be buried in deep darkness. Shrouded by the fog, swallowed by the night. And the night of my conception, the devil take it. Rip the date off the calendar. Delete it from the almanac. Oh, turn that night into pure nothingness. No sounds of pleasure from that night ever. May those who are good at cursing curse the day that day. Unleash the sea beast, Leviathan on it. May its morning stars turn to black cinders waiting for a daylight that never comes, never once seeing the first light of dawn. And why? Because it released me from my mother's womb into a life with much trouble. Why didn't I die at birth? My first breath out of, my, out of the womb, my last. Why were there arms to rock me and breasts there for me to drink from? 
I could be resting in peace right now, sleep forever, feeling no pain in the company of kings and statements, statesmen in their royal ruins, or the princes resplendent with their gold and silver tombs. Why wasn't I stillborn and buried with all the babies who never saw light, where the wicked no longer trouble anyone, a bone-weary people get a long-deserved rest? Prisoners sleep undisturbed, never again to wake up to the bark of the guards, the small and great equals in the place, and the slaves are free from their master. Why does God bother giving light to that miserable? Why bothering to keep bitter people alive? Those who want in the worst way to die and can't, who can't imagine anything better than death, who count on the day of their death and burial, the happiest day of their life. What's the point of life when it doesn't make sense and when God black blocks all roads and meaning? Instead of bread, I get groans from my supper. Then leave the table and vomit my anguish. The worst of my fears has come true. What I've dreaded most has happened. My repose is shattered. My peace is destroyed. No rest for me ever. Death has invaded life. Whew. Wow. I think Job was a little depressed. You think life had changed a lot? I, never, I read that in the message version too, so if you're trying to follow along, what's this dude talking about? But uh, I read it in the message version, um, and I was just struck because I don't think I ever really read it. And how many parts of the Bible have you read but never really read? And I think, as I say, God brings us through levels of maturity. That's why this word is so amazing, because it just keeps on unfolding to you year after year after year. And, and it's vital, because Job is pouring out his heart. And no matter what you're going through or have been through, what you can begin to see is that we all have various forms of stress, depression, all these things working in us, some of it. So you can never look at somebody and say, oh, well, you know, get over it, whatever, buck up, you know, all that stuff. Because at some point we all get to a place where we're at the end of our rope. We get to that point in life where it snaps us a bit and, and we're different. I'm different today. I'm different. Because God uh, once again stepped into my life and humbled me because I had to look at me and see through the lens of his eyes what was wrong with me and why I wasn't enjoying life anymore. Why I wasn't enjoying my relationship with the Lord anymore. Why I wasn't enjoying God's people anymore. This is real talk. Somebody smile at me. I'm starting to feel like I'm depressing you. <laughs> but I just want to be sincerely honest today because I, I think there's a lot of stuff that we think about up here that we never talk about out there. But I think we all kind of think about the same stuff in different ways. And, and, and this is an antidote to all that chaos that threatens to overwhelm us because I think God meant for us to have a simpler life. I, I think the internet is a turning into a great evil because we're missing what's right in front of us, searching out there for a new experience. And that's what church has kind of become to me, um, become an entertainment, a part of the entertainment industry in a lot of ways. And um, we couldn't help but get sucked into it. It's just so big, you know, because um, every generation you know, we grew up in polite society, I call it. 
You know, I grew up, you, you left your doors unlocked. You spoke to people when they passed by you. you said hi, you were polite. You didn't throw your garbage on the ground. Um, uh, and we considered other people's feelings because we weren't too far away from our biblical roots. But unfortunately today, we're a secular society. The stuff I see, and, I, and it just kind of hits me. Wow, that's inappropriate. But, but it's not. But it's not. So I'm weaving a path here because what's at the end of your rope has to be foundational. Right? It has to be foundational. It has to be at the base of everything you build your life on. Right? Um, foundational. I said God uh, came in and, uh, you know, God's the great uh, vine dresser and he squeezes the grapes. You know, he squeezes the juice. I want my juice to be worth the squeeze because he's been squeezing me. You feel me? He's been squeezing me. And because I'm stubborn. Did, he's revealed to me just how incredibly stubborn I am. Because I thought I knew some things. <laughs> you think you know some things, right? It's like your parents. You think your parents are stupid. No, they just knew some things. <laughs> you know? And you get to know some things about yourself. And um, one time I was, uh, I was doing, I was strung out on some drugs and uh, um, I was doing some work. I was on unemployment post 9-11. And I had been doing some work for my brother. He was building a house down at the coast. And I'd go on down there. But the problems with drugs is they make you unreliable to a certain point because they want you to pay attention to them and not what you're doing. And uh, I've been doing some work for him. And anyway, I, ran, I was talking to my sister one day and uh, my brother um, is the type of person that you probably would never hear him say anything negative about someone else. Like he just, he just doesn't talk like that. And uh, my sister had said something about, uh, he was basically, he was disappointed in me and my performance. And boy, it just punched me right between the eyes. I didn't want my brother thinking of me that way, you know? I was like, and so I made it a point. Anytime I ever did anything for my brother, I, did, I really did the best job I could. And uh, that, was, that was God informing me of something about me and my character. Um, and I was not a good guy, I thought I was. And it's funny how we're all a lot better in our head than we are in our behavior a lot of times. <laughs> Because we just don't see ourselves doing stuff sometimes. And this lets you see yourself. God, the holy word of God helps you see yourself. You know, the language might put you off a little bit. You know, the stories might seem a little weird. But you got to understand, it's God. We have to reach up to see God. You know, it's amazing. This is his word. Because when I talk about what's at the end of my rope, um, I believe in God. I believe in a God. I don't believe this is some cosmic accident. You know, I, I can't see that this is purposeless to me. It, it's irrational to me that we just are here for a few years and we go and we work our butts off and then we die for nothing. I don't, I'm sorry, can't buy that. And I believe in the Bible. Because I've been reading it since I was a kid. 
I've been reading its stories. And because I was born a drug-addicted baby and because I endured some abuses as a child and I was adopted and I had low, so all these various things, um, this was introduced to my life early. And I had books that I used to love to read and I had all these Bible stories, Code of Many Colors, you know, uh, Samson, you know, and I just, man, I just love that. But also I got a little bit more and I got to, and I'm just saying it was an antidote to the chaos I was born to be. I met my birth mother um, years ago, and uh, yeah, I would have been no good. Jail would have been my home. So I'm just saying that this word that I've been ingesting on and off for most of my sinful life helped continue to correct the things that needed to be corrected as I continue to grow towards who God has called me to be. I, I turned 60 in, on the 8th of May, and woof, wow, that was a change, you know, mentally. Um, and I'm getting to my point. I don't know how long it's going to take. I'll get there. Um, I, I just feel like this was something that was really profound to me, as I understand, because I, I, I was looking up, and, you know, I did a healthy assessment of suicide and all that, and it's just untenable because I believe in God. It's just untenable. I know this is temporary. Even though it feels, <laughs> it's temporary. Right? And as Christians, we have to know that. It's, that's foundational. That I, I get that from here. And, and we're starting to, society's trying to make this irrelevant. Churches are acting like it doesn't matter. It matters more than anything else. More than anything that can be said from this pulpit, this matters. It matters. And new Christians... It matters. If, if there's a habit you cultivate and nurse, nurse reading this word. Don't let this, because one day you might not have it. Things are amiss. And, and I preach this message to, it's going to be time to have that foundational belief, because if you don't, you'll turn to the other side. You know, you'll be compelled. Just to, devastation of life and going through death and all these different things can challenge that. There's people that walk away from God when they have challenges, right? When some death, somebody dies close to them or whatever, they just give up on the whole thing. You know, I believe in God. I believe in God's word. And I don't believe in a big a myth as the Big Bang. Bad science, but it's just insane to me. I heard a couple of people this weekend, I was so mad because I kind of like them, but they're like, ah, all that's fables and mysteries and blah, 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 blah. I'm almost like, but you can tell me what happened 100 billion years ago. You know this. You can tell me. Get out of here with that. You can't tell me what happened 20,000 years ago. So stop it. You know, I like my fantasy. It's better than yours. You know? And the ending's, ending's way better. So you're not going to shake me because God has informed me and my reasonable intelligence acknowledges it, that this is real, God is real, everything else is, I'll use a big word, superfluous. It doesn't mean anything. Vanity of vanities. Okay, get this train back on the road. I took a detour. <laughs> it's foundational. And the next time God uh, intervened in my life and squeezed some more juice out of me, was, uh, I thought I was a good dude. 
I was just nicely terrible. Nicely terrible. I was a prolific sinner. But I had all these issues I just didn't know about. I started smoking weed when I was 10, but I didn't like smoking weed most of my life. Um, I didn't know I was an addict until about 10 years ago. You know why? Because I'm very functional. You know, I'm very functional. And um, I'm very stubborn and I have a strong will. So um, I kind of plowed my way through life. But what really got me was, and, and I, God showed me this, was I started working. Because when I was growing up, the only way you got money is if you worked for it, you stole it. I was pretty good at stealing it, but I got tired of getting spankings. I guess I wasn't good at stealing because I always got caught. So I believe that was God again because he always had a finger on me, you know. But um, so I started working and I got my own money. My own money that I could do whatever I wanted to with. Want me to tell you what a great day for me when I was a kid was? Saturday morning, I'd get up, watch a few cartoons, go to the gym, hang out with my dudes all day playing hoop, getting it done, get out of there. I'd go to this little market out on Southway. I lived out in, near Tigard and uh, get myself a steak and a, baked, and a big potato. And I'd go home and cook it and watch Westerns in the afternoon. That was a great day. <laughs> but I had my own money. And God, bless God, he's so good. He intervened. <laughs> he intervened. Um, and I was saying, you know, I wasn't a very good dude. And one day it dawned on me, I just said, I, you know what? I'm going to be the guy I think I am in my head. Because God revealed to me what a really terrible person I was. Selfish. You know, selfish. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. And uh, I decided, but God was the mechanism. God was the reason I was changing. Not myself. And I just got, he got me there. He got me to that place. He said, hey, guess what? Boom. Punched me in the face. He said, wake up. And, oh, I'm a different dude. Something about getting punched in the face changes your perspective. Right? We need more of that going on today. I was kidding. But it just changes your perspective. You know? You see the bright light of day in God's eyes. And he says, wake up, son. You got to get rid of that stuff. This ain't Egypt. This is the promised land. Because what happens when we get in distress, we get worried, we start craving the things that used to give us comfort, all right? God says, oh, no, you're not going to enjoy that anymore. You know, those things you used to like to slip out. I don't know when it's, it was Friday or Saturday. You know, it's funny, as we live in an apartment, and you can hear the freeway. Uh, well, one of the streets anyway. Friday and Saturday, it is just noisy compared to the rest of the week. That's about all I, only how I know it was Friday or Saturday. But I grew up in the clubs kicking it, looking sharp, doing my thing. And I have no desire, no thought of going out and drinking it and kicking it because I'm 60. <laughs> no, because it doesn't mean anything to me anymore. You know, God's changing me. He's maturing me. Because one lady asked me one time, I was helping her move some stuff, and I was over here, and she lived way over there. And I was helping her with her parents. Were, but anyway, I was just helping her. And she kind of was flirting with me, but she was just so far from anything my type that I, 
I was just hoping she wouldn't make it awkward. <laughs> this is too personal. And uh, she looked at me and finally, kind of exasperatingly said, uh, are you really this nice? I kind of said, I guess I am. Why? Do you ever have those conversations that just strike you, you remember them the rest of your life? And I looked at her and I said, well, honestly, because God revealed to me just what a horrible human being I was and I didn't want to be that guy. It's foundational. It's foundational. I found my foundation at the end of my rope. I found my foundation at the end of my rope. It gave me something to build on. It renewed my hope. It said, God's taken you to another place, another level. Because what he told me this time was, you're not surrendered to me. You're still counting on you. Because I could work my way through any problem. 20, 15 years ago, I was up on a ladder, wedged up against the ceiling, changing all these bulbs in this in this building. Now it's wimps use a lift. <laughs> I, I used to come in on Sunday mornings because we had to pick up the rows of chairs and I'd come in and reset the whole thing on Sunday mornings. Now I'm whining about coming in and putting the envelopes in the back and now Mike's doing that for me too. See how we change? See what I'm saying? Our serve changes. Some of it's just aging, but I don't mind that. It's the desire. I don't want my desires to change, to be selfish and unloving, you know. And it's hard for me because I like being capable. People that know me here know that I'm, I'm the guy you call if you wanted something done. I haven't been that guy for a bit, but I'm, I'm just saying that God in the last three years has, has hit me with death. I never really had any people very close to me die yet in my lifetime. Three died in the last year. Um, changes. I had to get my hip replaced. I'm capable. I'm used to being very capable. Um, last month, uh, you know, I said, I got to get to work. Maureen's been sick since, she's been so sick she's lost four dress sizes. <laughs> and, 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 and it's hard on us. It's, it's hard to go to work because I worry about her. She's my heart. You know. uh, I had the worst month last month that I've ever had. <laughs> I sold six cars last month. I've sold six cars already this month. It was frustrating. I was working hard. I just felt like a miserable failure. I got stressed. And so I'm just painting a picture for you. Because I know some of you deal with this stuff. So I'm going to give you some honesty. That the foundation that we can build from rests in this word. Because you're going to do this stuff by yourself. I love Dan, Steve, Junior. Oh, man. You know, Randy, George, I got my guys. But they couldn't help me. 
They couldn't help me. God was confronting me with something he wanted to remove from me that would allow me greater access to him. Okay? Is this too deep? Am I hitting? I mean, is this right? God put this on my heart, and I just want to say, you know, he, he told me you aren't sold out to me. You still think you can do it all. So in the first four days of this month, after that revelation, I sold six cars. I had 30 days to sell six cars. <laughs> but God's so funny. He's just so funny. <laughs> you know? Because he refreshes you after the squeeze. You know? But you got to get it. Or else you're going to fall into despair. And for Christians, I'm sorry, for a Bible-believing Christian, don't, you can't live in despair and fear. It's impossible. And some great leader, I mean, Martin Luther was just antagonized in his spirit. There's so many great preachers that were just, oh, like, trust me, after I preach today, by tomorrow, I'm, by Tuesday, I'm going to just be like, get away from me, Lord. I'm ugly, just think, you know, because I just, I'm emotionally, I'm a mess. God is so good. Don't let anybody shake your faith. Don't let what's going on today adapt and overcome because God will inform you. See, the worst thing we can do as Christians is sit on the bench going, oh, look at them heathens over there getting their hair all dyed and the piercings and all that stuff. My life's straight up. We got some neighbors. She's just like, you're a grumpy old man. So, <laughs> I got out of the day. Quit all that day yelling. Oh, man. But um, don't let this, there are seasons that are going to come in your life. And if they, uh, Junior, there's some seasons that are coming in your Christian life, right? Don't get complacent. I got complacent. I got soft. I got soft. If I had to run for my life, I'm a dead man. I swear, I'm a dead man. <laughs> I think George could outrun me today. But I'm just saying, start exercising your spiritual muscle. Start exercising the word. You know, so God hit me with the simple fact that I am still very stubborn, very willful, and very much think I can do it on my own because I got trust issues, baby. I got massive trust issues and I realized I got a big trust issue with God and for no real apparent reason except that it's a habit. So I need to fix that. So me, the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, we're all going to hang out. Talk about it. Don't expect nothing to happen real fast. You know, because I was thinking about it. I said, you know, Moses, when he you know, met God in the desert, he hung out for another 40 years. What you think God was doing with him? <laughs> I need to remove some habits. I need to help you through this next because you're going to be a leader of millions of crazy people. Right? Saul, you know, he went to Arabia for a little while. You know, God had to keep washing him. So I'm used to making rash decisions. Woohoo, let's go, charge. You know, that's how I live my life. God's saying, slow down, boy. Slow down. Start acting like an old man with some wisdom. Think smart. I, I, I don't want to be a mediocre Christian anymore. I don't want to live a mediocre life where this is just another part of all the other stuff that I do. This doesn't identify me as anything different than what there already is out there, just sprinkled with something else. Right? Let's authenticate this. 
with ourselves and God so we can be better at this whole corporate thing where this becomes more important, where we become a real family, where we begin to crave to see each other other than today. You know what I'm saying? That's how I remember church. I knew my church friends and church people. Um, let's slow down. Slow down. If you got to make so much money that you're doing too much, then maybe you got to change your lifestyle a little bit. You know? Let's take time to digest, inhale, breathe, eat, drink the word because it's foundational. You all sound so dour. Can we get a hand clap or something? I'm, sh- I'm sorry, that was heavy. I was heavy, but it just was on my heart. Um, I haven't got a chance to talk in a long time, and I just went, and I know some of you are worried about us and want to know kind of what's going on, but um, we're making it, and uh, God is good. God is good. How many of you know that sometimes just the honest truth is what helps, helps keep us in line? helps keep us in check, and then, as my dad used to say, you got to do a checkup from the neck up, and a lot of that happens in your head, and uh, you have to, what we wrestle with, amen? So, thank you, brother. Thank you for your honesty today. Thank you for sharing the word with us, because um, it was needed, and, uh, and we're going to continue to pray for the both of you. God's going to do a complete work. He's going to heal Maureen's body. Life doesn't have to be such a struggle, amen? So why don't you stand with us today? Stretch your hands toward Maureen and, and Vern, and let's just, ladies, would you come lay your hands on her shoulders? Father God, we're so grateful that we can come to you anytime and anywhere and ask for prayer, and we can bring our needs before the throne of God. Lord, do you see the struggle that this couple has been going through for the last few weeks and months? And uh, so, Father, we pray that you would bring the struggle to an end. And you would bring health, divine health, divine strength in both of their bodies. Father God, we rebuke the sickness. We rebuke the illness. We rebuke everything that is off kilter. And we believe, God, in all, with all of our hearts that you can put it back correct. And you can make it right again. And we're thankful for that today. So we lay our hands on them and we say this prayer together. And believe, God, that you're hand of mercy will be extended toward them, your hand of grace, your hand of healing, your hand of provision, Lord. And anyone else under the sound of my voice that is struggling physically today, whatever their need is, Lord, we just ask that you'd reach deep down inside and you would do a work that only you can do. We can't fix it ourselves. We know that. We're grateful for doctors. We're thankful for medical professionals and all of that good stuff. But Lord, when it comes right down you down to it. You are the healer. You paid the price on Calvary's tree for each and every one of us, and it's as real today as it was 2,000 years ago, and we are so thankful for that today, Lord Jesus. So we give you the praise and the honor and the glory for everything that we've said and that we've done in this time together today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Well, you guys have a great week. Lord bless you. Thank you.